go ahead. of John and Robin Don't Have Jobs. I am the titular Robin, and to my left is the titular John. How are you doing, John? I'm doing great. This is, this is just dandy. I'm, I'm loving this right now. So um, maybe I'll paint a little, a little picture for the, for the listener right now. John and I are sitting in our friend Scott Dowler's backyard, which we've commandeered, and we have set up a fire, um, a little cowboy TV, if you will, that we're just staring into, watching and enjoying. Um, the night has actually held out very nicely for us. It was supposed to rain, but it is looking absolutely beautiful. The sky is clear. The sky is clear, the sky is blue. We're up here in, the, in uh, the NWT in Yellowknife, and I am very happy with my life choices right now. We've been singing the song tonight, tonight by the Smashing Pumpkins a cappella for the last 48 minutes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that um, we're gonna get shots fired at us like John did back in the day when he was in his backyard chopping wood uh, just out of the sheer annoyance that we're causing for the neighbors. That's not John whistling along to the chorus of Tonight Tonight in his head. That is him trying to replicate the sound of bullets whizzing past his head from that time that uh, he told me about just like half an hour ago and I'm surprised he told me he was not actually that traumatized from this experience. Yeah, no, I was worried, but I ducked and hid behind a trailer, and uh, I'm here. (laughs) That you are. So, um, and while you're here, maybe we should be uh, transitioning into talking about some of our favorite pieces of media that we've enjoyed over the last little while. Ooh, that sounds fun. Yeah. (laughs) Let's do that. Um, Sure. So, I'm going to let you take the lead on this one for, uh, maybe we'll kick things off, talking about some TV shows we've enjoyed during this last little, this little smidgy of the pandemic. Okay, sure. Well, I was going to lead off, well, I'm going to lead off every segment of this segment <laughs> with my, one of my favorite shows, The Norm Show. Um, and I feel like at the end of the segment, I might dive a little deeper into how crushed I am by the loss of Norm Macdonald, my favorite person in the world that uh, I don't know. Um, among people I know. <sighs> Who's my favorite person? No, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> yeah, like, you're, you don't have to answer that question that you've imposed upon yourself by any means. Like, I think that we're okay to just, yeah, yeah, yeah. To just do the norm. I think for our ad revenue for this show, I should say that it's Mackenzie, but uh, only because she's our major listener and when you say ad revenue is like she paying for this did we go behind the page the paywall for just one listener or something i don't think she's paying for it (laughs) unfortunately Uh, luckily uh, i have a different job but anyways uh (laughs) where was that going i want to know now (laughs) (laughs) the norm show was unbelievably funny and the it was a very thinly veiled version of Norm within the show in that he's like a former professional hockey player who got addicted to gambling. And he did get addicted to gambling in real life. He just was never a professional hockey player. 
And so he's working as a social worker. At a yeah, but he's Canadian, so it comes pretty naturally. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but there's an episode where he... Gets Not the social the worker part, the hockey player. Right. Ian, yeah. Socialist thing is not so crazy either. But he, he uh, got into so much trouble that he had to go to an alcoholic or a, a gambler's anonymous meeting. And he went into the meeting and he said, I just want to tell all of you, you know, I'm, I don't think I'm better than any of you. Oh, I don't think I'm better than any of you. I, I, you know, I understand how difficult life can be and you know, this is it's a difficult world and I'm just trying to get better. I understand it's a sickness. And then the next guy comes up and talks about having sex with a dead person and you realize he's a necrophiliacs anonymous, not, <laughs> uh, not gambling anonymous. He goes, hey, that thing I said about not being better than you, that's not true. I am better than you. <laughs> and if I have a heart attack in the hallway on my way to the right room, like, you guys better stay away from me. <laughs> Such, yeah. a, such a joke that you'd never actually see on ABC otherwise, unless Norm had a show. I, I like most people, I think, like, well, obviously you have been doing this. I've been going down the old Norm hole, just, like, watching videos on YouTube of some of his, like, his best of, like, jokes and highlights and stuff like that. Yes, I've been constantly doing it for 15 years, but... Yeah, uh, but even more so now? <laughs> I, I don't think there's a more so from what I was doing before. Okay. So one that I was watching recently that I'd never really seen before was his appearance on The View. Um, do you know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> That's pretty savage. That was the, some of the most like aggressively but still passive-aggressive and unaggressive um, trying to derail a show that I've ever seen. Well, it also proves how dumb all those ladies are. Yeah, like the... The responses that they had were not good by any stretch of the imagination. It made them look very, very, and Barbara very Walters bad. got defensive very quickly, yeah. um, probably earlier than she needed to. I that was, that was a fact of public matter. There, I thought I thought everyone knew that. Yeah, so you could like the only reason he got so antagonistic, you could see, is because they got so defensive so early, and he was just like, "Oh, so this is what this is now." So I'm all right. I'm just going to dive headfirst into oh. into like I'm just going to double and triple and quadruple down was, on this joke. It was perfect. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Loved it. Mm -hmm. But beyond uh, beyond Norm stuff, what have you been watching lately? So here's here's the big one: Squid Game. Okay, yeah, my, my students were telling me about this that I have to watch it. You haven't watched Squid Game? No. Oh boy, you should watch Squid Game. Like, the what acting is, what, is terrible. What is the, the Squid voice Game? voiceover acting is even worse. Uh, the Squid Game isn't even really an important part of the whole thing. It's a game that Korean kids used to play, apparently, but I, it's not clear to me if it's like, made up or not. So, so without me knowing anything about this, like, the and I know this is not correct, but the thought that immediately comes to mind is that episode of Kenny versus Benny who can wear an octopus on their head the longest. It's not so like when that. when I when I hear the name Squid Game, I'm thinking of just a bunch of people walking around with squids on their heads and seeing who can wear it the longest, which I'm sure is very inaccurate. No, it's a much bloodier game than, uh, than that. Although, speaking of Kenny versus Benny, I don't want to derail it, but I was watching who can imitate the other one the, yeah. the best today. <laughs> oh my God, that episode is so funny. When, when, when Kenny is dressed like Spenny with a huge nose, eating poop out of the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> it's so ridiculous. 
it's but good. Uh, no, Squid Game is a game. It, it's it's very much like a movie I've seen before, called Would You Rather with uh, with uh, David Koechner, which is unbelievable that he's in a similarly brutal horror scenario. But um, these people enter into this game where there's like a series of competitions. It starts with like 500 people. And if you, if you get eliminated from the game, it, like they kill you. And there's like a huge pot of money to be won, but only one person can live. That's, okay. That's what the game is. Yeah, it's intense. And Squid Game is the last game. And it's like it pits, it ends up pitting two. Well, I don't want to say who it pits against. Yeah, each like other. seriously, like I, I, I do actually want to watch this show. That would be a spoiler alert. But it pits two people against each other. Okay. That's not a spoiler. That's kind of, it's obviously heading that way. Yeah. But who those two people are, that would ruin. You shan't say. Um, yeah, sounds, sounds good. I'll definitely check that out. Um, anything else? I did have one more thing. I watched season eight of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. That's on my list too, yeah, of things I've been checking out. And I was wondering if you were going to ask me um, how it did on the John Cry score. Yeah, uh, on yeah the John Cryer, John Cryo meet or something. Like that. I don't even <laughs> whatever, remember what it was whatever called. Whatever it is. Um, some some like John really for, some really forced score. pun with John Cryer in it. But uh, any in any case, how how many times did John cry? Uh, per episode, nine to twelve times. <laughs> no, I was thought you were gonna say nine to nine times Brooklyn Nine Nine. I should have, but no, I I needed to drink Gatorade while watching it just so that I didn't die of dehydration. I see you're jacking off that much while you were watching it. No, I was not jacking <laughs> off that much. I was crying that much. Sir. Okay, sorry. I, I uh, and and I thought the season was actually not very good. Um, because they pandered way too much, but. Nevertheless, you know it's going away, and yeah, I'm I'm not that hard to make cry. Yeah, I I will miss that show a lot. Um, that last season, I didn't feel like it hit me like super hard that it was leaving or that it was finishing. But um, while watching that last season, I went and decided to rewatch the rest of like the other seven seasons. Basically, I haven't quite gotten there yet, but I'm like halfway through season five right now, just because. It reminded me how much I love that show, and I just That's wanted to rewatch fair. it. I did that not that long ago. I feel that um, Amy decided that she didn't feel like she had to act anymore in the last season. Like, she was brutally bad, and oh. that threw me off. Yeah, I, d- I didn't notice that as much as I noticed that she still seemed pregnant or something. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing she's, she's pregnant she's with a second a kid bigger. or something, yeah. Oh. Uh, but her being bigger doesn't bother me one No, bit. no. But the fact that she was not, like, even le- leaning into, like, trying to seem... I don't know. I'm, I'm wondering if that was a faux pas on my part, just saying that. Maybe she wasn't pregnant. It was just, like, after uh, having given birth to one kid, just the body changes. I don't know. <laughs> I, feel, I feel real bad right now. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm accusing her of being bad at her job, so you're probably uh, more in the clear than I am. I think we're both like really just tripping over ourselves right now. With, uh, I don't. I don't. Put, put, I, I'm not backing it up though. I, I felt like she was 
pretty good in the first bunch of seasons. And like her next to Andy Samberg in the last season, like he outclassed her so bad it was crazy. She, I, I remember when I first started watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I didn't think she did that great of a job with the character, but she got progressively way better. And I, I remember, like, just, well, just as I've been watching the episodes, like, I feel like there's some really good Amy stuff in seasons four and five. Like, I think so, too. Yeah, yeah I, that's what I mean. Like, it felt like it really slipped for that last season. Like, maybe, was, the, maybe the writers changed, too. That could be part of it. I don't know. They didn't give her as much to Neil work Neil Campbell with. was in one of the episodes. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I noticed that, yeah. <laughs> he, I wish he would have had a much bigger part because that guy's one of the funniest fucking people I've ever seen. Some good writers on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Like, Carl Tart was one of the writers for a while, too. Carl Tart's so funny. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, sad to see that show go. Um, I guess maybe I'll talk about a few of my shows I've been watching as well. Then, uh, so, finally finished up season two of The Boys recently. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it took me a while, but... <laughs> it's been a long time. Yeah. <laughs> it's... It, Basically, the reason it took me so long is because I don't actually pay for Amazon Prime. I just intermittently get free trials of it when I feel like it. I should just give you my code then. Maybe that would be amazing if you would do that. I would appreciate that because I'm too cheap. Just don't to pay use for my it. Mastercard to buy stuff on actual Amazon Prime. Uh, well, I don't know if I can keep that promise, but <laughs> <laughs> but I'll try. Um, but yeah, finally finished it up. The other reason I go through it a bit slower is that I find. I'm a bit squeamish. I'm not good at scary stuff or hyper-violent stuff for the most part. Um, so I can only watch like one to two episodes at a time. I can't just like binge a ton of that show. I need to like take breaks. So that's part of it. You might, you might not love Squid Game then. Maybe not. Although it was so goofy. Okay, I like goofy. And uh, yeah, I don't know. The Voice was, was really good. I'm, I thought the second season delivered upon everything that was set up in the first season. It was, I guess maybe Homelander's character took, became a bit less sinister and threatening in the second season, which is a bit unfortunate, but... I don't know. He's still a real big piece of garbage. Yeah. I got, yeah and it was interesting that they... I, don't know, I won't dive too far into it, but it was, it was a good show. Um, Jack Quaid makes uh, Dennis Quaid um, look like not the best Quaid. Yeah, I gotta say... I never really thought Dennis Quaid was that great, but uh, sure beats the shit out of Randy Quaid these days, at least. I love Randy Quaid. <laughs> he's, he's definitely had Shitter's his moments. full. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ni- 1990 Randy's, Randy Quaid is great, but like 2020 Randy Quaid? Whoa. No, thank you. <laughs> I don't know. I'd be interested. I'd, have, I'd go out for beers with him. Yeah. Uh, that would... I, I don't know if I would... It might go badly. Yeah, I, I probably wouldn't even go out for beers with him at this point. Yeah. Um, in that, in that like, same vein of, like, actors who are, like, probably better back in the 90s, but I would definitely go for a beer with nowadays, like, Nick Cage, obviously, at the top of that list for me. He's still at the top of the list of people I would love to meet. Like, Nicolas Cage's new movies and his old movies are all amazing. Yeah. I love... He's got so much range. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his movies have become a little bit more of a one-trick pony more recently, but, like, Nicolas Cage, my God, that guy is charismatic like you wouldn't believe. His movies are all so good. We should just have, like, a Nick Cage episode. I think so. Because yeah, he, he carries any movie he's in. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why they can make the movie. Like, they can make it because they have him. Yeah. Some of those, those stankers that he's in, 
are still fun to watch, and it's because he's there, just being like a nut bar. Yeah, and like speaking of rewatching Brooklyn Nine Nine, I just watched very recently the episode where they're in the safe house and they watch through the entire like Jake forces Kevin to watch through a ton of Nick Cage movies and he he forces him to watch Ghost Rider and Ghost Rider Two, but uh, <laughs> ne- neglects to tell him that he's that there's the Captain Corelli's mandolin is the movie that he was in, and uh, yeah, it really pisses Kevin off. <laughs> Um, yeah, so another show that I've been watching a lot recently uh, is Ted Lasso, and I was wondering if you've been watching it too, John. I did not watch season two yet. I wanted it all to come out first. Okay, so I'm not going to give anything away then, but I will tell you that so far I've been disappointed in this season. I've heard the same. Yeah, it has not been nearly as good as season one. I watched the first two episodes, but I fell asleep halfway through the second one, mm-hmm. and so I kind of had a feeling for how the direction it was going, I was like, oh, why? Why are they doing this? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's not great. Um, so I've also been watching the new season of What We Do in the Shadows. I haven't watched that. No? I really enjoy that show. What's that it's, on? Uh, I don't know. I just downloaded it illegally. <laughs> uh, I think it's maybe like we'll FX. We'll bleep that out later. Yeah, it'll fix that in post. I think it's FX maybe that it's on. All right. Um, yeah, it's like a pretty silly show. I enjoy it. I uh, also wanted to mention that the second half, the back half of season five of Rick and Morty was actually really good. Um, I don't know if you watched season five. No, but, uh, I did Yeah, the first I half... I was shaking my head was pointless. The, <laughs> the first half of that season was pretty bad, um, especially the giant riding giant sperm episode. That was as funny as that sounds as just a, a description of an episode. It was a pretty terrible episode. But, uh, yeah, the second half redeemed it, I think. I was on, back on board with what they were doing. And I have also been watching the Northwest Territory season of the show Alone. Have you watched Alone before? No, I haven't. Okay, so um, it's interesting just because I've lived in the Northwest Territories for a few years now. You have? Yeah, surprise, <laughs> spoiler alert. But uh, um, As we're sitting here by a fire in the Northwest Territories. So I would recommend watching it just because it's kind of cool to see how people try and survive in the Northwest Territories. Um, I would say, though, that some of the personalities are very annoying on the show. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's pretty unfortunate that you're stuck with, like, quite a few annoying people. But, uh, yeah, that's how it goes. Yeah, Yeah. I've been in some surviving in the Northwest Territories kind of situations, and uh, it's not that fun. Did you get annoying when you were doing it? Probably. Oh. Do you find me annoying now? Because I was probably just like this. Only a little. Yeah. Um, the one thing I did want to mention was that SNL is coming back tomorrow. This is Friday, by the way, for the listening audience. Uh, and Beck Bennett is gone. And that's uh, that's kind of sad. Yeah, I didn't... It's, it, it's nice to know that all the people stayed that everyone thought was leaving. Like, everyone thought Cecily Strong would be gone. Uh, Kate McKinnon would be gone, Keenan Thompson would be gone, and they're all back. But I think it was time for all of them to go. Yeah, I feel Keenan Thompson is still doing SNL. Yeah, my God. But he's funny. Like I don't mind that he's there. I just think Beck's time might not have come and gone yet because he hasn't been into. He's not like ready for being a star of movies or anything. Whereas. Um, Keenan probably could, but 
Everyone loves well, Kate McKinnon Keenan... and uh, Cecily Strong, and uh, I find them fine. But I don't, I don't think they're unbelievable. But I think they were probably ready to move on, and it would have been interesting to see what they did next. And doesn't Keenan have his own show called Keenan? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's but already like, like proving like his his marketability just by having his own friggin' show named right after him. So. Right, but that happens a lot of times with those guys. Like, remember Mulaney? Did he have a show called Mulaney? Oh god, I forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> That's was, ringing a bell, it actually. Was super bad. Yeah, um, it wasn't as good as the movie. Super bad. It was <laughs> super bad. Yeah. Um, speaking of Mulaney, I heard that he's voicing one of the like, what is it? One of the rescuers in like the new like live action Disney remake of the Rescuers with with Andy Samberg as the other one or something like that. That's good for him. That'll yeah, be an interesting pairing. Did you watch the episode of Late Night with Seth Meyers when he came on and talked about going to rehab and everything and his intervention? Mulaney? Yeah. No. Oh my goodness, it was wild. <laughs> it was like honest thing you've ever seen because. They just literally, that's all they talked about for like half an hour. Jeez. And he, like, and recently, like, when he was on SNL, the last time guest hosting, he, like, got in trouble afterwards. Like, he was so messed up. He was so into cocaine that, uh, yeah, he was just like a cocaine hound. And uh, his friends, like, all famous people, threw him, like, an intervention. So he showed up, and he showed up two hours late for this dinner, and it was an intervention. Jeez, it's never, I don't want to say it's never the ones you suspect, because sometimes you're like, yeah, he does coke. But, like, Mulaney seems like a pretty, just like, I don't know, dweeby kind of guy. You don't don't picture him just being, like, going going hard on the well, I think, coke I th- train. Well, I think he never did anything. Yeah. And once he did, he just... Couldn't you know, stop. Didn't have a handle on it, and that was that was the problem. Hmm. Well, it's good that he got help, I guess. Um, now he's dating Olivia Munn. He like he got so fucked on that sort of swear, on that coke train that he lost his wife. Jeez. Although I think he broke up with her because she was probably trying to stop him from doing coke. <laughs> God. So. It's me or the coke. Well, obviously the coke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, obviously the yeah. coke. <laughs> Trying to do our, our battling poor Mulaney. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, awkwardly transition out of a guy losing his, his part of his life to coke addiction to uh, movies. Have you seen any good movies lately, John? I have. <laughs> so, uh, what, which movies have you been enjoying? What has uh, tickled your fancy lately? Well, first I'm going to tell you about one I didn't like, and that was uh, News of the World with Tom Hanks. I don't, uh, know. I don't know what that is. Oh, really? No. It's like a, it's a big-time Tom Hanks movie. Uh, and uh, I'm pretty checked out on some of these things these days. Yeah, it has him traveling. He, he, his jo- he was a Confederate soldier, so obviously he lost the, the Civil War. And... Uh, just waiting for the Cold War, but uh, I don't think that's true. Any, anyways, he uh, <laughs> you had me going. <laughs> he goes around to towns in the in Texas and reads the newspaper to people for like five. Sounds seconds. riveting. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's what I mean. It wasn't very good, but it, it it costs everyone like 
He goes into a big like auditorium and he charges like five cents a person or ten cents a person, and then he reads all the newspapers that he brings with him. And while he's traveling between towns, he comes across this girl who's a white girl, but she only speaks Kiowa. It's like an an indigenous language of some sort because her parents were murdered by indigenous people and then she went with them and they raised her but then the army went and slaughtered all the indigenous people which was such a ridiculous like she's having some real bad luck and then Tom Hanks finds her. Just imagining like a sitcom version of her. Yeah, exactly. She's like, murdered again. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, darn. Uh, but uh, so then he, he takes her and he brings her to the nearest town. And they're like, oh, our, our Indian guy is gone for three months. And he's like, well, so what do you want me to do? And they're like, you got to bring him. Either you got to bring her home to her home yourself, like to her aunts and uncles, or, I don't know, kill her, I guess. I mean, they didn't really... It was, it was such a bizarre premise. And then, yeah, they, there'd be long scenes where they would, he would talk for a long time, like, you know, the nature of life, and, all, and she doesn't understand English. So it was like... <laughs> So I was going to say, before I even for- remembered that she didn't understand English, I was going to say that sounds pretty masturbatory on Tom Hanks's part, but that's very masturbatory yeah, on his part. Does he not realize she doesn't know what the hell he's saying? No, he's like, hold on a sec, I'm a white man, listen to me speak for a while. Yeah, but then she'd be yelling at him too, and he wouldn't know what the fuck she's talking about either. Uh, sounds like a just very uh, easy, quick, quick watch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's only like two and a half hours Jesus long Christ. or whatever. I, I couldn't. I couldn't say for sure how long it was. It felt very long. I'm sure he'll win an Oscar for it. I don't think so. <laughs> it was pretty stupid. Yeah. All right. So, any movies that you've enjoyed that you watched lately? Um, I think so. You go ahead with one. Mike. I only have one movie that I have on here, and honestly, I don't know if I enjoyed it or not. It's kind of just like it happened. Um, that was the Bob Ross documentary on Netflix. So I watched that. Um, yeah, it wasn't as exciting as I was expecting it to be. <laughs> You're expecting it to be really exciting? Well, the name was like Happy Accident Something Betrayal, and I was like, ooh, Betrayal. I was like, Bob Ross and Betrayal? That's, that's got my attention. Um, yeah. Not, it was fine. It was fine. Yeah, I, I haven't watched it, and I probably won't. I've watched Bob Ross enough. I get his, I get his Yeah, you, you get the gist. I watched The Ice Road with Liam Neeson. Oh, yeah. Have you heard of this one? I think I've heard of it, yeah. Oh, boy, it's bad. <laughs> it might be, like, it's a million times worse than News of the World. News of the World, like, you get what they're going for. This Ice Road movie? Ay, ay, ay. He's like a trucker with a brother who has PTSD from going to, in the Iraq War. But he, he talks like a the Rain Man does? Like Liam Neeson does? No, 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 the brother. Oh, the brother. For some reason. It doesn't really reflect PTSD all that much. Like, he's not scared of anything. He's an amazing mechanic. But he's like, truck, truck, truck. <laughs> Something like that. Like, it's like, what's going on? And he 
gets fired because he because his uh, co-worker calls his brother a retarded guy. So he punches him out, and then he gets fired, and then he takes this contract to go drive to northern Manitoba to some mine to rescue all these miners by bringing a wellhead they need to drill in because like, a methane explosion has happened. So many side plots, it's unbelievable, and they're all so dumb. <laughs> it's such a waste of time, the whole movie. But you watched it all the way through? I did, but it took, like, I actually bailed on it three different times, and I just kept going back. I'm like, guess I better make sure I see how what happens. <laughs> Good for you, I guess. <laughs> the, the bad guy was uh, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. <laughs> Remember that guy? I, I haven't seen Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. That's a good movie, but, okay. but he's the good guy in that movie. He's okay. the bad guy in this one. Um, and finally, I, I rewatched for the umpteenth time Rumble in the Bronx, which is when Jackie Chan goes to the Bronx. And he rumbles? He, he gets into a lot of rumbles. Yeah. There's a very, I guess, infamous scene. I don't know if it's that infamous, but it haunts my dreams, um, where he gets trapped in an alley by this gang of dirt bikers <laughs> and they wrap a bunch of they sorry take, this is in New York you said yes there's a gang of dirt bikers in like downtown New York in the, in the yes. Bronx I guess exactly and they but they take all the they take a bunch of recycling bins full of liquor bottles that are empty and then they wrap all their clothes around baseball bats and then they throw the liquor bottles in the air and then whack them with the baseball bats covered in clothes at him so that they all smash on him and then uh, yeah it doesn't make any sense you'd think the bottles would just break when they hit them despite the clothes but yeah, they I was, don't I was like think I was like this sounds like a really elaborate way to construct like a big Molotov cocktail or something like I don't know what no, they're going no, for no 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 it had nothing to do with burning it was just trying to torture him as best as they could by smashing alcohol at him well empty bottles so they would the glass would break on oh, him oh okay so it cut out, like it yeah. cut the shit out of them. But couldn't they just like break it and then like stab him with the empty bottle? Yeah, but they weren't trying to kill him. They were trying to have fun torturing him. Yeah, but they could have done that just by not like I don't when I say stab him, I don't mean like to death. I mean just like give him some cuts and <laughs> yeah, stuff yeah. here. And, no, like, I know they like, could do that. Like carve some stuff into him. I don't know him. why they did what they did. but yeah. that's that's what. It they just did. sounds way more unnecessarily elaborate. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess it makes for good imagery. I don't know. Maybe it's like. The director was like, I want to create a scene that people will remember that no one else has done. Just, and the reason that no one else has done it is because it's incredibly impractical and no one would ever do this. Yeah, I think that's probably what was going on. But the movie is, the progression of the things that happen in the movie is so amazing that it blows your mind. Because first he's like dealing with the gangsters, de- like beating up his uncle's grocery store. Then he's dealing with those gangsters doing that to him. Then he's dealing with... Um, this major crime that happens of a diamond theft that involves those gangsters and then he ends up on the side of the gangsters that were beating him up and there's like these other gangsters that all wear suits like that are like higher up gangsters so he's on the side of the dirt bike gangsters yeah nice like and he's doing things like he's risking his life to save those guys even though like they were just complete trash to him and then the final part of the movie has him on a hovercraft running over the main bad guy on a golf course and it, <laughs> <laughs> the main guy, bad guy was putting 
And they run him over with a hel- like a hovercraft, and it rips his suit off. Like so, so how low is a hovercraft to the ground? Like, could the guy have just fall, laid on the ground, and it would have passed over him? Well, Jackie Chan got run over by the hovercraft when he was on the beach, and he was fine because he sunk into the sand. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, but but, but you can't ground. sink into the green yeah, or whatever. It, looked, it just looked like he had a really bad sunburn across his butt cheeks and his back. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. That's pretty. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> I'd recommend watching it. Sweet. So uh, I'm going to move along to talking about some music I've been enjoying lately. Um, have you heard of a band called Pup? No. I'm sure that that is sounding great on mic right now, that, that uh, harsh P sound. <laughs> but uh, um, Pup, they're a band from Toronto. They're a punk band, a uh, pop punk band. Um, they were supposed to play the, like, the Snow King Festival in 2020 before COVID hit. Um, and I'd kind of listened to their stuff a little bit before that, and I was a little, I was kind of excited to see them, but I've really been getting into their stuff lately and really enjoying it. So if you like pop punk, I'd say check out Pup. Um, I'd also say check out Big Red Machine. Not if you like pop punk, but this is a, if you like Bonnie Vare, maybe he, the guy who's lead singer Bonnie Vare, Justin Vernon, is uh, a singer in Big Red Machine. It's like a side project for him, but they have Not a new the lead album. Lead singer there. of Bonnie Vare was Bonnie Vare. No, it's Justin Vernon. Is that a guy? <laughs> no, Bonnie Vare is the name of the band. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, besides that, uh, I've been listening to a bit more Weezer lately, just like getting back into it, because I read an AV Club article that ranked every Weezer song from worst to last that's ever been made. And I re- after reading through that, I was like, oh, I could listen to some Weezer again. So I've been listening to a bit of Weezer. John, did you ever listen to Weezer? Yes, I did. I okay. do every day. That bodes well for uh, a song that, or sorry, the, a question that I have later on for you. So that's good. Memories, how can we go back there? <laughs> that's, a, that's a newer track. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't really know that one. That's, I, I, I kind of checked out after uh, as soon as they released uh, Beverly Hills. I was like, no, not for me anymore. Have you not listened to their cover album though? No. Oh, it's fantastic. I'm pretty much just an early Weezer. Listen, to, listen to their cover album. Okay. It's is that Van Weezer, the Van Halen one? No, I don't think so. Okay. It's all covers of like like they do like, uh, so, so darling, darling, stand by me. Okay. That kind of stuff. Yeah. It's very good. Like it's actually it's amazing how good they are. Well, yeah, they're good musicians. They they played. Uh, they do Billy Jean too, um, so it's like a bit of cultural appropriation. But um, interestingly enough, just uh, while thinking of that topic, I was in an a cappella singing group in high school that sang Billy Jean. And really? Was, yeah, and we it was entirely white guys except for one Chinese guy. <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah, not uh, not the best in terms of cult- cultural appropriation for that one. Either. And and did you call the Chinese guy Yella like they called the guy in uh, in that Kenny Rogers song? I certainly did not. <laughs> you, know what, you know what song I'm talking about? No. <laughs> I've heard I've heard the phrase "Are you Yella?" But I thought that was just about if you're cowardly. Not yeah, well, that is what race. <laughs> that, it wasn't the racist thing in the Kenny Rogers one. But you could have turned it around. Um, and I'm glad I didn't. So. Um, <laughs> Any music that you've been listening to, John? <laughs> yeah, I've been listening to uh, Tim Heidecker's music from Tim and Eric. 
And I don't know if you ever listened to this stuff before. I but checked out a little bit of it. Yeah, it's... It's all right. Some, a lot of it's pretty country western. Um, but some of it's good. There's a song that is very apropos for right now, and it's called uh, Work From Home. But it's not so much about working from home because of COVID. It's more about like being still drunk from a party. But he goes, how's it going to work from home? Call if need me. I don't think I'd be that much use anyway. <laughs> Just going to stay in bed, stare at the ceiling. I was going to try and like lay a bass track underneath that, but I, I, it was a bit late. Sorry. Yeah, no, no. It's probably for the best yeah. that I stopped there. Um, yeah. And uh, beyond that, do you want to talk about any podcasts you've been listening to? Sure. I have been listening to Conan did a podcast about all about Norm. And it was kind of cool, but it was it left a lot to be desired. I think. I think uh, Norm was so much more than than that. Uh, Getting a little dark. It's really dark out. I Do you want my uh, flash or cell phone light? No, no, I'm good. I can. I, I'm. I'll give it to you anyway. <laughs> I already see all everything I need to see. Uh, Comedy Bang Bang this week, amazing. Did you see it or listen to it? Um, I did. That was the Manzuka Sandy Daly one. Yeah, with Tim Baltz too. And Tim Baltz, yeah. What a trio, <laughs> except for Manzuka, give or take with him. But uh, yeah, no, the uh, Andy Daly's unbelievable. He's good. Um, Tim Baltz was so funny. As, as Although I'm feeling like I'm getting diminishing returns from Dalton Wilcox at this point. Like, I've just heard him so much. I was kind of hoping for a different character from Andy Daly. I think so, but I'd still rather Dalton Wilcox than, like, getting, like, a August Lint or something. I, think I don't find him that funny. Or, or uh, Patrick McGeehan. Like, yeah. Maybe he just, like, I was just wondering if he's going to make a new character, because it's been a while since he had a new character, but uh, he does have, like, 12 of them or something. <laughs> he's got a I ridiculous know. number of characters, so yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's a lot to ask from me. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know if we've, I think we discussed this on the last podcast, but you don't like Jason Manzukas? Not really, no. Yeah. I've all, I find that weird, because I think he's hilarious. I, I love Jason Manzukas. I especially love him in Brooklyn Nine-Nine as Adrian Pimento. Oh, I like him in that. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I just find he's a detriment to Comedy Bang Bang. Interesting. I, I like him. but uh, And I thought, actually, Scott felt a little... For, like, it didn't feel like it was his best stuff in, the, in that episode as host, to me. I thought he was, I don't know, maybe trying to sell the, the Patreon a bit and feeling a bit pressured by that or something. I don't know, something just felt a little off to me from his hosting. Could be. But, I, I don't know. But, yeah. I don't, I don't like that direction of, of it either, so... Mm-hmm. Um, I've been listening to Office Hours Live a lot since you recommended it on the last podcast we had and been enjoying it Um, they they did the same thing though with with what? Patreoning oh yeah how they put like an hour of it behind the paywall now Um, when I'm not in the field I just watch it when it's on YouTube yeah I can still I still can get like an hour or just over an hour's worth on Spotify for free so I'm yeah, okay with they, that. They, it's a two-hour show, though. Yeah, I'm okay with missing an hour. I don't need a full two hours every week. But they tease so hard for the second hour that it... I know, but I'm, I'm listening to so many things that I don't... I don't I'm okay with 
just yeah. getting an hour of them a week. Um, but if you watch it live, like if you watch it when it comes out, you get the full two hours. I really enjoyed the the episode recently where they had Eric Wareheim back on, and he was uh, he was really funny. And I saw the I saw a YouTube video. I think that must have happened in the second hour when he made his Smashheim burgers. Yeah, I, um, I saw that. I saw that that video existed. I, I am planning on watching the it yet. It's pretty funny. I, yeah, it's just like classic Tim and Eric stuff. Yeah, their their chemistry is so much better. It cannot be denied. No, like when when they're doing that show, um, like live like that on the podcast, it's like holy moly! Like those guys work really well together. Mm-hmm. Tim's more of a goof than Eric is. I guarantee it. Like, yeah. But anyways. no, it was nice to hear them back together again and uh yeah any other podcasts you've been listening to no i think that's it yeah i think we should just uh, yeah let's uh t- tie tie a ribbon around the old oak tree this boy's coming home yeah let's move on to the next that was nicholas cage yeah the aforementioned nicholas cage yeah. uh, can you do a nicholas cage uh, as memphis reigns and con air tie <laughs> uh <laughs> Tie a ribbon around the old oak tree because this boy's coming home. Oh, is that from Conair? Yeah, that's from Conair. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good, though. I, I recognize that. Obviously, it triggered my memory. Cause yeah. I was like, uh, I'm trying to think of some of his other lines from that movie. Um, that's like the most memorable one I can think of right now. But put the bunny down. <laughs> I said, put the bunny down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wish I could listen to. It. Him more recently, because I could do one too. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, so let's uh, move on to. Did you want to talk about some of your uh, things you just had in your notes that I remember? Or did you want to move on to our, uh, our. Maybe I'll tease this out, our uh, our jobbies. I think we should just jump right to the jobbies. Jump my, to the jobbies? My notes were pretty sparse, and. Uh, here. I'll, I'll list it off to you. So okay. Just to give, us a, like, to give the listeners a taste of what's going on inside So I said, noggin. since we're out of fire, we could tell ghost stories. Uh, I said we could tell poop stories, like when accidental pooping happens, and uh, that's pretty rough, so we don't need to do that. We could, we could do a COVID bubble survivor game where we debate who would make it into our COVID bubble. Um... So give me give me a, like a little more to that premise. Like, what do you mean by uh, who would survive in our COVID? Like, I feel like we should have talked about this before the show. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why I just wrote something. So abort, abort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So uh, anyway, so I'd like to welcome you to the first annual Jobbies. So as many of you may or may not be aware, the Emmys happened very recently, and um, along with the Emmys came. The Offies, which were an award show on Office Hours Live, and listening to these these uh, these various award shows slash watching maybe like ten seconds of Conan O'Brien making making a fool of himself but being the most enjoyable part of the Emmys, uh, made me think about us here at John and Robin don't have jobs and how we should uh, try and get our beak wet on this whole award show sweet. Uh, cash money situation, see if we can get some more listenership by creating our own award show called the aforementioned Jobbies. Cash money, cash money. Yeah, thank Exactly, John. Uh, I couldn't have said it better myself. So, 
Basically, what this is going to be is I have come up with a few different categories for awards that are where, where different things or people or whatever fits into the category are competing for a coveted jobby. And as we go through this, John and I are going to take turns opening the envelope, revealing the winner, and then giving you just a little snippet of why this person, thing, whatever it is that has won, has been so successful recently and is deserving of this award. So without further ado, I give you the jobbies. It's the jobbies, yeah, yeah, yeah. Boom. <laughs> Thank you, John. So our first award in the jobbies is for best cereal. And listener, here are your nominees. We have number one, Reese Puffs. Number two, Count Chocula. Number three, All Bran. And number four, The Handmaid's Tale. John, will you do the honors? Okay, let's see if I can get this thing open here. Um, and the winner is All Brand. All Brand. Oh, interesting. All Brand. So this is All Brand's first nomination and first win in the Jobbies. And um, honestly, not a huge shock to me that All Brand has won this year because All Brand is there when you need it. And John and I are both getting pretty old. You know, we it need does to, well with the octogenarian vote. Yeah, we we like subjectively. Uh, we didn't get into the poo stories by the fire, but All Brand is pretty much transitioning into that, I think. Uh, it's, it's always there when you need to get a little bit of movement down south. And I'm talking about in the bum area, not the penis area or the vagina area. Um, All Brand, it's, it's a tasty treat for those of us who cannot actually afford to eat tasty treats because we just need to get pooping. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's my, uh, my rationale for All Brand winning best cereal. So uh, I guess we'll move on to our second category. So this one is best hairstyle. So our nominees for best hairstyle, John, are the Rachel. Number two, the flock of seagulls. Number three, the slicked back. Number four, the pushed back. And number five, the handmaid's tail. So. Um, I will reveal the winner this time, and maybe, John, you can provide the rationale for it. So sure. the, let's see. I'm opening up the envelope. And our winner is the pushed back. Ah, the pushed back. Don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. So I think you should leave. Uh, I do remember the sketch where... Um, Tim is like, oh. I used to be a piece of shit. <laughs> yes, yes, okay. Yeah. That'll slick back real good. Sloppy steaks? <laughs> yeah, sloppy steaks, yeah. Right. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great hairdo. Um, it's modern. It's current. It's made by pieces of shit. Um, you could wear it to a nightclub. Yeah, uh, you could wear you go to Chickalini's, get some uh, ch chicken spaghetti, Chickalini's. Exactly, you could wear it to uh, a Lamborghini dealership, I suppose, or a, or like a Ford uh, Fiesta dealership. <laughs> For I think sure, it goes both ways. 
Yeah, it's a versatile haircut for sure. <laughs> like one just worn by or style or not worn. You, do you wear hairstyle? <laughs> I think so, but I don't know. That's what St- I uh, chosen by pieces of shit worldwide for sure for eons. Exactly. So I don't think there's much uh, much of a an argument to be made no, there against requir- that one. No, it just requires a lot of oily wetness. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And who's who's not a fan of oily wetness? So uh, we'll move on to our next category. So for this one, we have best Pete. So Ooh, your nominees this are is a big one. Number one, Holmes. Number two, Sampras. Number two, number three. Sorry, I can't count. Townsend. Number four, Best. And number five, The Handmaid's Tale. I think this one's clear as day. It's got to be The Handmaid's Tale. And the answer is, I'll just open up the, the envelope here, and it is actually Townsend. So, oh, wow. John, I'm going to let you take it away for why Pete Townsend was able to, to get maybe a bit of a, a surprising victory here over The Handmaid's Tale. Well... It's been classically proven that the deaf community always shows up to vote. And uh, <laughs> as a deaf man, Pete Townsend uh, has impressed a lot of folks. And uh, I'm not sure how The Handmaid's Tale could have possibly lost this one. Um, probably the lack of any type of Pete. Yeah. I mean, there could be a Pete. I don't watch the show. I'm not aware. I've but never seen it. Yeah. <laughs> But I was sure it was going to win. Yeah, I mean, that's, that was its third nomination, I would have thought. <laughs> yeah. I would have thought it was going to get one of those exactly. from uh, some job you love here or there. I mean, you'd think Pete Best would have a shot since his name is Best Pete. Um, yeah, Best Comma Pete. Right. Uh, like, let's, let's split hairs, please. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I suppose Townsend probably won on the, the momentum of Eminence Front, one of his best songs. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, which was a put-on. Hundo P. Um, I don't know if you remember that. No, I don't. The Eminence Front. It's a put-on. It's a put-on. It's a put-on. Sounds, sounds remarkably well-crafted. Yeah, I have, I've got that on vinyl. Well, congratulations to you and congratulations to Pete, Pete Townsend, jobby winner of Best Pete. I also gave, I, I bought a second copy of that album on vinyl. And gave it to my English teacher in high school, and then I got a hundred percent grade in high school. It checks out. I probably would have taken such a bribe as well if it were a band that I liked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So we'll move on to the next category. So for this one, we have best country, and your nominees are number one, Belarus. Number two, South Africa. Ooh, I hate that country. Number three, Micronesia. Number four, Singapore. And number five, The Handmaid's Tale. So, John, with, uh, without any hesitation, will you tell us who the winner is of this jobby, this, pa- this uh, coveted jobby? Uh, opening the envelope here, the winner is Singapore, because it rhymes with four. Good enough logic for me. Let's move on to the next job. <laughs> Singapore, a fine country. Um, I've actually been to Singapore, and it's yeah, it's good. Um, so we'll move on to the next category. <laughs> don't don't really have much else to say about that. They don't talk like so. The Africans. No, they do not. They. Uh, 
I honestly don't remember what they're like. Oh, they speak English. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> um, so move on to the next jobby, which is for best chocolate bar. Oh, boy. And your nominees are, number one, Mr. Big. Number two, Coffee Crisp. Number three, O. Henry. And number four, The Handmaid's Tale. I'll let you reveal this All one. All right. So uh, just opening, opening, taking a while. My finger got stuck. Opening. And your winner is of the jobby. It is O. Henry. Oh, hungry? Oh, oh, you, you remember that. Um, oh, Henry, this is a, kind of a surprise, I'm not going to lie. I had a good feeling for that Mr. Big was going to take this one. Yeah, um, so did I. Mr. Big, just a, a classic chocolate bar. I mean, if you, want, if you want a good crunch to it, I mean, you'd probably go for a crunchy. But uh, if you want a good crunch, a good peanut, a good just poop-looking chocolate bar. You go for Mr. Big every time. Well, Henry reminds me of uh, Gary Busey because it's very nutty. <laughs> Speaking of poop-looking chocolate bars, oh, Henry also is not too far off, but uh, this is the category was best chocolate bar, not best poop-looking chocolate bar. So, unfortunately, Mr. Big looking a little bit more like poop, in my opinion, than, than oh, Henry did not take this one because, in my opinion, oh, Henry is slightly tastier. Although, I, I guess I shouldn't be revealing the, the, the way that this is scored, <laughs> that it's entirely my opinion. But, uh, I mean, I mean, the voters have, have, uh, have, the voters have had their way and have had their say, and no Henry wins. So, exactly. we'll, we'll move on to our next jobby. The so, voters were exclusively from uh, Toledo <laughs> in the Northwest Territories. We just polled that community. Yeah. Toledo actually doing fairly well from what I remember with the COVID outbreaks. I don't think they've been hit as hard as some other places. They've got one of the finest AAA ball teams with the mud hands. Nice. Congrats, Toledo. <laughs> um, so our next best, or sorry, our next jobby is uh, for best Western. And your nominees are number one, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Number two, Blazing Saddles. Number three, True Grit and number four, John, do you have any guess what number four is? Oh, boy. It's The Handmaid's Tale. It's The Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> yeah, it's The Handmaid's Tale. So, John, will uh, you do us the honors on this one? Okay. I'm ripping the envelope open now, and it looks like it is... Blazing Saddles, Mongo's Revenge. God. <laughs> so, uh, Blazing Saddles, not really a surprise here. I mean, it's a classic. Um, it's pretty Western from what I remember. Uh, I guess True Grit was too, but, uh, you know, Blazing Saddles, who, who am I to disagree with that choice? It's the most interracial Western ever made. Yep. And uh, if that doesn't win it a job, I don't know what else will. All-inclusive here at the jobbies. Yeah. We'll, take a jo we'll give a jobby to anyone, and we'll take a jobby from anyone as well. Yeah, we're handing out jobbies like it's going out of style. Yeah. So uh, I was wondering how long it would take for us to get to that job. <laughs> so uh, the last jobby on the night is the jobby for best dystopian thriller. 
Number one, District 9. Number two, Minority Report. No South Africans. Number three, AI, Artificial Intelligence. And number four, The Handmaid's Tale. Oh. And I, uh, I believe it's my turn to do the honors. I believe so. So, Here. John, if you can handle the sound effects of me digging around. Yeah, getting real deep in there. So deep, I'm going to put that ass to sleep. And your winner is The Handmaid's Tale. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I actually read that wrong. It is uh, Minority Report. What a movie. Yeah. So, John, can you give us a little, uh, a little understanding for why you think Minority Report was able to, co- to walk away with this, pa- this coveted jobby? Well, Tom Cruise is the best actor of all time. Um, that helps, for sure. You get Steven Spielberg in there, directing, helming the, the picture. Uh, you got that beautiful, beautiful bald-headed girl swimming out of that tank of goo. Um, I don't know how it could go wrong. I feel like I might have just killed that fire by accident with my log placement. Oh, no, I think the fire's just fine. Speaking of Mr. Big and poop-looking chocolate bars and <laughs> transitioning onto log placement, <laughs> that, sorry, that was a really bad transition. <laughs> no I, it was working better in my head, but uh, didn't quite make it to the out-the-mouth hole, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I know all about out-the-mouth hole. <laughs> and I thought you were more of an into-the-mouth hole guy. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> All right, so uh, with, with that jobby being awarded, that concludes our first ever and probably last ever <laughs> Job annual award. jobbies. So uh, they're the jobbies, you got a job to do. Bo, bo, bo. Watch out before something looks like poo and bo, wins bo, bo, a jobby. Yeah, so that was the jobbies. Um, so John, how are you feeling about uh, moving along to our trivia portion of the evening? I feel great about it. Could we maybe take a break? Because I have to pee real bad. Absolutely. I will look for the pause button. (laughs) And um, I cannot see what I'm doing. So, well, this is taking a lot longer. It's the jobbies. (laughs) Let's get dancing. It's the jobbies. Let's get dancing. It's the jobbies. I'm too hot, goddamn. Gotta hose me off with the fire hose. I'm too hot, goddamn. Put the fire hose up in my nose. I'm too hot, goddamn. Gotta towel me off with that fire hose. Get the fire hose on me, baby. Welcome back. Yeah, welcome back. Sorry, you caught us in the middle of a patented uh, John and Robin karaoke time there. Um. Don't worry about uh, what you heard there. That was, those are the, the right lyrics, I'm pretty sure. Um, so we are going to right. move along, if we may. Uh, John, I assume you're okay with us moving along to, yes. to our trivia section of the evening. So Ooh. now that John is uh, urineless and we've gotten that song out of our system as well, we can move along to the trivia time. So as it is October 1st, or... Rocktober first, as I like to call it. <laughs> um, sorry, there's a little, a little inside joke there. Uh, sorry if you don't understand, listeners. But uh, as it is Rocktober, I figured we could do our trivia around the theme of Rocktober this time around. So, uh, John, are you feeling like rocking and rolling tonight? 
I feel like a bat out of hell. That, that's not what I asked. Yes. <laughs> fine, fine. I guess that'll do. To the U, to the I, to the Z, it's quiz time, baby. Find the answers in your head. You can do it, dude. Just believe in yourself. Answer questions like a boss for your mental health. Yo, quiz time. Um, all right. So, uh, if you're ready for question number one, I will send it your way, John. Sure. All right. So here we go. Question number one: Which of the following artists? is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Is it A, Shanana, B, the Fugees, C, the Beastie Boys, or D, Boston? I know who it's not. And uh, it goes, ball, <laughs> ball, <laughs> Is that your Shanana impression? <laughs> Trying to lean into one, but uh, get a job. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was one of the songs that they, that they do, um, which actually works well for our podcast when you think about it. Brass pokey, that pokey monkey. Did you say brass pokey? Monkey. Oh, <laughs> that makes more sense, I guess. Brass pokey sounds pretty unpleasant. I would guess that the Beastie Boys are somehow in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Congratulations, John. You are one for one on the Rocktober trivia so far. <laughs> that does not make sense to me. <laughs> so I mean, Sean and Aw wouldn't have made sense either, but I feel like Boston or the Fugees should probably oh, be in there. Oh. <laughs> before the Beastie Boys. <laughs> Did, uh, yeah, I bought the album license to Ill, though. Yeah, I'm not saying they're bad musicians. I'm just saying, like, optically, it is very strange. Yeah. We're on, we're on DMC and like all kinds of non rock and roll artists are in there. Man, that's making me want to do a little uh, patented John Robin karaoke to a Beastie Boys song, which is like the worst group you could pick to do karaoke to. I'm sure Scott's neighbors would love it if we just started shouting. Like, well, the no, don't you men. tell me too small, small. <laughs> you stick around and make it. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, um, so we'll move on to number two. For number two, which band had more singles reach number one on the official singles charts? Oasis or Queen? Let's say... Oh, that's a really hard question. Queen. Surprisingly, it's actually Oasis. It doesn't surprise me that much, but it should be Oasis. No, you would think. Like, Queen is such a, an iconic band that's just like... But Queen didn't get traction at the time exactly. Like, yeah. Oasis, like, when they really stuff it, just hit right away. Yeah, they were seen as, like, the, the second coming of the Beatles when they first came out, I think. So. Even though they absolutely suck. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm okay with them, but I'm not, like, a fan, really. They're just, like, there. Someday you could find me top beneath the, I don't know the words. Landslide. Yeah. Champagne yeah. supernova. All in the around sky. the world. Those are our 
remem remembrances of any Oasis lyrics. <laughs> yeah. I guess we didn't touch on Wonderwall. That's the most obvious one, but uh, that's been yeah. done. Let's, let's hear your uh, Freddie Mercury impression. Um, let me think. Well, this thing, no, that's too low. Well, this thing called love, well, I just, I can't handle it. I don't know. I don't have his voice, but. <laughs> uh, yeah, shocker. <laughs> you don't have Freddie Mercury's voice? Bicycle. Well, I want to ride my bicycle, <laughs> bicycle. Yeah. And the listeners are all turning this off right now. Yeah. All four. All four of them. We're, yeah, we're losing our. I'm crew. sorry. I'm sorry. Let's uh, move on to the next question. So, number three, which of the following incredibly rockin' music videos has the most views on YouTube? So your options are A, Chop Suey by System of a Down. B, All Around the World by Red Hot Chili Peppers, not by uh, Oasis. C, Song 2 by Blur. It's just called Around the World. It's not called All Around the World. Oh, right. Sorry. sorry. You're right. Around the World. Yeah. That was my mistake. And D, Go With the Flow by Queens of the Stone Age. Ooh. I can picture all of those music videos. Yeah. Which is wild. Because if you, if you told me I'm going to name you four music videos, and then asked if you thought I would be able to picture that many music videos. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, no way. But I know all those. Oh, yeah, and, th and that speaks, I think, to what, how rocking those music videos are. Like, they are good music videos. Mm -hmm. Go With The Flow is such a good music video. Is yeah. that what you said? Yeah. So there was Go With The Flow, Song 2, Around the World, and Chop Suey. Oh, my God, that's hard. And... Um, Chop Suey was so, such a big song. All those songs were so big, though. I'm going to have to say Song 2. So Song 2 was second. First was actually Chop Suey. Um, that was a tough one, but I want to give you the numbers because it's actually, like, insane. So the lowest view count was Queens of the Stone Age with 66 million views, which is not bad. No, <laughs> um, not terrible. Around the World by Red Hot Chili Peppers was third. They had like 80-something million views. Uh, song 2 was second with, I think, 128 million. And Chop Suey comes in at a staggering 1.1 billion views. Those, that doesn't surprise me at all. Armenians are uh, kind of aggressive. <laughs> they're a loyal bunch. <laughs> they're they're going to watch that video tens of thousands of times. <laughs> Every single one of them. <laughs> it's also an amazing song. And yeah. And, and an even better video, to be honest. Like, that video, I remember seeing that the first time I heard the song was by watching the music video. It's just an okay video. Oh, though. I thought it was insane. Like, it blew my mind. Just Well, first of all, the drum kit that the, the drummer from System of a Down has to open that video. It was just like, holy crap, there's a lot of drums. Yeah. Um, but just like the... I don't know, just the freneticism of that video and the song. I just loved it immediately when I was a kid and saw that. Fair enough. So... Um, but I also really like those other videos. They're all solid. Here's the audience poll of the week. Mm -hmm. Of those four bands, how many of them have Robin and I seen live? Text in to vote. <laughs> how many times do you think Robin's seen them live? Yeah, the phone lines are open. And, uh, Not how many times. Uh, who they've seen live. And uh, how many? 
And three, two, one, polls are closed. So we got lots of uh, listenership and, uh, and, and answers on that. So the correct answer was, I guess I've seen System of a Down. <laughs> um, I have not seen Blur, Red Hot Chili Peppers, or Queens of the Stone Age, but John, I assume you've seen more than I have of those four. I've seen uh, System of a Down and Queens of the Stone Age. All right, so the total, I guess, would be three or two, depending on if you want to overlap. Well, I think, no, I don't think yeah, you were supposed to vote on either both of us, like not, not as a team. Yeah, well, congratulations to um, Melvin. Mackenzie Schultz. <laughs> We're getting it right. <laughs> the one listener. And, and Melvin as well. Good for you, Melvin. No, I, no, I don't know who you are, but for whatever reason, you're listening and, and your voice was heard. Yeah. Uh, so number four. Which Blink-182 album has sold the most copies? So the op- options are... I, I don't Can even I know guess? if I need to give you... Maybe I shouldn't even give you options. Maybe you should just try and guess. Can I guess? Yeah. Because I only know one. Okay. Anima of the State. <laughs> Your guess is correct. <laughs> so great album. Enema of the State was number one. Take Off Your Pants and Jacket was number two. <laughs> Um, the other ones I had as an option were the untitled one that has the smiley face on it and the Mark, Tom, and Travis show, which is their live album. Uh, but yeah, Blink-182, one of my cherished childhood memories is listening to Blink-182 and just loving it. One of my favorite bands of all time. Good for you. Um, so now we'll move on to number five. So number five, who wrote the greatest rock and roll song of all time according to VH1? And your options are A, Bob Dylan, B, The Rolling Stones, C, Aretha Franklin, or D, Led Zeppelin. According to VH1? Yeah. I know what the, the classic best song of all time was. Once upon a time, it let's all fine. Threw a bomb a dime in the prime, didn't you? Didn't you? Yeah, Bob Dylan, yeah. Yeah. How does it feel? <laughs> How does it feel? Be I wrong? Like a complete unknown. Well, that's an option. Bob Dylan's on there. I know it is. Um, but I feel like VH1 might not have gone with that one. And that's throwing me off. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to stick with it and lean into that one. So it was close. Bob Dylan was in the top four. Actually, all four of these bands were in the top four, or groups or singers were in the top four. Yeah. (laughs) So number one was actually the Rolling Stones with Satisfaction. That was their number one song of all time, rock song of all time. No. That's pretty weak. So what would you have picked for your number one rock song of all time, John? Um, it's a pretty tough question to put you on the spot with, but uh, "Bad Out of Hell" by Meatloaf. No, <laughs> <laughs> I started this podcast saying "Bad Out of Hell," and uh, no, oh. I'm praying for the end of time. And da da da. Yeah, exactly. Dashboard lights. Um, that's rock and roll. That's an extremely hard song, or hard song to name. Mm-hmm. Does such song exist? I don't think so. No. Are we copying out? 
Well, look. Touch me by the doors. Amazing. Okay. Good, I don't, I don't good choice. That, Purple Haze, maybe? I don't know. Like, you, you'd name a million songs that are maybe the best rock song of all time. Mm-hmm. Who's the best rock band of all time? It's tough. Um, I mean, depends on how you define rock. Because, <laughs> like, if you're the, like my 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 idea of rock is pretty much ending in like the 80s, I would say, or like like the 60s and 70s is where I see rock as being. Um, I'm pretty partial to the Beatles. I mean, that's pretty generic, easy answer. That's fair. But I really I really like the Beatles. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Well, what's the what's the best Beatles song? That's also a good question. Um, Ooh. Don't you know it's gonna be I think, all uh, right? I really like. So I, I like. So, uh, I, I typically like their older stuff more, but for some reason, I really like the song "I've Just Seen a Face." It's a great song. Yeah. It's did, really you ever, did you ever watch the movie uh, Across the Universe? Yeah. Yeah. When they do that song, and it's like bowling, and they see the yes. that one. Yeah, when it's great. That makes that song more attractive to you than it probably ever would have if you just heard that song. Mm-hmm. Because they nail it in that movie. Mm-hmm. I've just seen a face. I can't forget the time or place where we just met. She's, She's just a girl for me, and I just want the world to see we've met. Then she keeps calling me back again. That wasn't bad. It's like Benny Schwann's in Ackerman. Yeah. But yeah, I like that song. Um, I'm just trying to think, like, uh, which other ones would be up there for me. Um, honestly, like, I, it's not one song, but just the run through from, like, like me and Mr. Mustard through Polythene and Pam, like, pretty much all the way to the end of Abbey Road is just, like, unreal. Just, like, they transition from song to song, and it all just, like, works seamlessly through. Um, I really enjoy that. Yeah. How about you? Do you have a favorite Beatles song? No. And I mean, Helter Skelter, if it was shorter, would be like up there as maybe the best rock song of all time, in my That's opinion. Pretty sick intro. Yeah. Can't Buy Me Love, though, it has such an emotional pull. Like, because, like, it's so associated with people just going bonkers for it. Now, do you, do you interpret that song's meaning, like the title, as being like, you can't buy me love? Or is it like, well, you can't buy me love? Like, it's talking about, like, his love? Like, them saying, like, that's me, my thing? I don't know. I already thought about it. I, I just thought about it now. But, I like, just, the, the Liverpudlian accent and uh, right. oh, I understand. I, I leaves just, it open to interpretation. I just really like how tight the music is on that song. I guess the accent doesn't leave it open to interpretation. It's just like the... Can't buy me love. The vernacular of that, like, of that region. But yeah, Can't Buy Me Love's a good choice. It's probably got to be my favorite Beatles song because everything else is like later Beatles and I don't know. It's, it's hard. It's like there's so many things. There's so many interesting choices they made. But that one is like kind of like an iconic one. For sure. Um, so yeah, the 
I guess we'll move on to our, our next question on the trivia, if you're, if you're good, unless you wanted to even go further into our psyche and try and figure out what our favorite song of any genre of all time is. I don't know if you want to go down that hole, John. No, no? I, I'd never find an answer. Okay, fair enough. So uh, we'll move on to the next question. And Favorite uh, album I could do. Favorite album? What's your favorite album? The Forrest Gump soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> Seconded by the Dumb and Dumber soundtrack. Not as good. <laughs> it's very good. It's actually maybe better than the Forrest Gump soundtrack. All I, I don't remember the music of it except for them singing a mock in birds. No, no, that, well, that's not part of the soundtrack. Uh, it, like it's got uh, Peter Pumpkinhead went to town. I don't remember that. Oh. It's actually a fantastic soundtrack. Okay. It's no Godzilla soundtrack. What's that? Just a bunch <laughs> of roaring? Yeah, actually. There's the song Come With Me by P. Diddy, or Puff Daddy as he was known back then, which samples Kashmir by Led Zeppelin and then just has Godzilla roaring over it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's Brain Stew, um, but the Godzilla remix, it's a Green Day song, Brain Stew, with I again ro- roaring over Brain top Stew of is. it. Brain, Brain Stew is so it goes like, by far my favorite Green it's Day like, song. It's like... <laughs> Godzilla oh roar over it. I don't need to hear the Godzilla involved in that, but it is I'm my favorite. Having it, trouble it's... trying to. <laughs> no way. Does it really do that? Yeah. Oh, there's why? so much Godzilla roar. <laughs> Brain Stew was like my buddies when I was working at the golf course when I was 12 years old. Their favorite song, and like I, it's my favorite Green Day song by a mile. Well, that's a good song. Stupid. The the Godzilla remix version I'm talking about. It's a good song. Mm. I actually it's probably not actually my favorite Green Day song. I like uh, um, what the hell's it called? Uh, Name me case. Welcome to Paradise. Longview. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. I looked at you like you know what my favorite Green Day song is. Help me, because I clearly don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Green Day had some good stuff back in the day. Dear mother, well, can you hear me whine? And yeah. I, I don't remember the lyrics for that one, except for just like, like I, it would maybe come back to me, but I know I remember the Welcome to Paradise part. Um, yeah, Green Day's good. Um, all right, number six. According to the AV Club, what is the greatest Weezer song of all time? <laughs> So this is, again, a difficult one to get. Oh, that's so hard. Is it a multiple choice? It's a multiple choice, yeah. So is it A, Say It Ain't So, B, In the Garage, C, Island in the Sun, or D, The Good Life? A. B? A. A, Say It Ain't So. Well, Say It Ain't So, John, you are wrong. It is actually B, In the Garage. I've never even heard of that song before. <laughs> it's uh, off the Blue album. It's like... It starts with like this uh, whistling. It's like it's like and it's like in the chorus, basically that. It's like in the garage, I feel safe. No one cares about my ways. Right. Yes, I didn't do that. I didn't know it was called that. I've got posters on the wall. My favorite rock group. Being in the garage. The Pelican Inn in Fort Smith is where I stay when I go on my work trips. 
and <laughs> certain overnight shifts, because they guarantee that there's always somebody working in the office, and they get this guy that wears a full security outfit, and uh, he's like super cross-eyed, and he has to get really, really, really close to the computer to check you out, like because he can't see anything, and uh, which he's a nice enough guy, I guess. The other day, and he was listening to bagpipe music at full tilt at like 7 a.m. <laughs> I was like, "What's going on?" I was ringing the bell on the counter, and he couldn't hear it because there was bagpipe music playing so loud on his stereo. That's one of those like classic kind of like sitcom character type guys like that you're, that you're describing oh, right now. This guy does not seem like he could possibly be a real person. Yeah, sounds but he is for a sure. real person because I've only met him in real life. And uh, I don't want to make fun of him because I, I, I don't like that because he's not like, he is a person. Well, hopefully he's not a listener. <laughs> well, no, I'm not really making fun of him. I think he's just, I think he's probably not. He's probably got spending too much, too much of his time listening to bagpipes to listen to this I crap. Can, I can give you a 99% chance guarantee that he's not a listener. Yeah, I can, I can give you a 100% chance guaranteed that he's not a listener. Yeah, exactly. You get the stats. Mm-hmm. Um, good guy, though. Means well. So this, sh- this show is dedicated to a uh, bagpipe 7 a.m. guy at the Pelican. No, this show is dedicated to Norm Macdonald. Oh, that's true. Sorry. Um, yeah. All right. So this is my final question for you in uh, the Rocktober trivia. So which of the following rock artists, and this is uh, for a little piece of Canadiana, has won the most Junos? So your options are A, Rush, B, Our Lady Peace, C, The Guess Who, or D, the Tragically Hip? I, I have a funny feeling that it's going to be an awful answer. Just because the Junos are kind of weird. Well, I didn't throw Nickelback in as one of the options, so... Oh, I, I, I think it might be not the one who deserves it the most. So you're thinking like Our Lady Peace or something? Yes. <laughs> it's actually the Tragically Hip, thankfully. Really? Yeah. Well, that's good. Then. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, Congrats, Tragically Hip. You have the most Junos of those that were mentioned. You do not have the most Junos in total. That was Anne Murray. It was the most Junos of 25. Snowbird. Yeah. Um, speaking of our, our trusted following, I, I guess I shouldn't have said the full name of <laughs> that follows us, but her, her parents went to a show that was at a cottage and Our Lady Peace was the contracted band to play at it, and there wasn't even that many people there. Like, like 2020 version of Our Lady Peace, or like what year are we talking? Like a month ago. Oh wow, I I honestly would have been down to watch that. I I loved Our Lady Peace when I was a kid. Like, yeah, oh, clumsy it co- was but a it sick cost album. A fortune. Have you ever seen them live? They're no. unbelievable. I've never seen them live. Oh, they're like what Weezer is for an American band, like. Oh wait a second! You realize once you get there that you know 15 songs by them, kind of. Like, yeah. And and they're tight, like tight as a drum. Speaking of Weezer, I have seen Weezer live. That was pretty sick. But uh, yes, I have too. Yeah. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would like to. I wouldn't mind seeing Our Lady Peace. It would bring back some good nostalgia for me. It, it 
connecting it back to this episode when I saw them. It was at Rocktoberfest in Kitchener. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So we were drinking German beer and just having a blast. Well, I think uh, I think the next episode we'll have to do will just be like Scotchtoberfest and we'll just drink scotch while we record an episode. Exactly. Yeah. And we'll do it in Scott's yard too. Yeah, in Scott's yard and uh, we'll, we'll just do the entire episode in Scottish accents. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, lassie. I didn't know how you... I don't know. I, I need to get the, the frame of mind to do it. I can't do that right off the top. Oh, there's... I'll be a South African guy for some reason. There was some awful feedback there for a few seconds. I don't know why. I'll have to edit that out. Um, anyway, that is the end of my, uh, my Rocktober trivia for you there, John. So uh, before we sign off, do you have any recommendations for people? I don't have any recommendations per se, but I think we should just get slap happy and sing tonight. So you're saying you want to end the show on a song? I guess that's what I meant. <laughs> gotcha. All right. This morning, at a quarter after nine, could have been the Willie Nelson. Nelson. It could have been the wine. When I left your house this morning, it wasn't lit last. It was in Barbuda where I saw the constellations reveal themselves one star at a time. Here he comes. Drove back to town. Drove back to town this morning. Working on my mind. Come on, John, you gotta join in on that again. I thought of maybe quitting. Thought of leaving it behind. Went back to bed this morning as I'm put down the blinds. And yeah, the sky was dull. Hypothetical one cloud at a time. That night in Toronto with the checkerboard for riding on horseback and keeping order restored. Till the men they couldn't hang stepped to the mic and sang. The voices their voices rang with the twang. Swag. That's pretty on score. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, Scott's Rivers. <laughs> uh.
morning, just a little after Adrian. In the middle of that riot, couldn't get Mick off my mind. I'm at your house, one Polly. Just a little after Cause it was in Bob Cajun where I saw the constellations reveal themselves one star at a time. That night in Toronto. Yeah, play it back for me. <laughs> what happened that night in Toronto? We had a great time that day in Toronto. What were the floors like? They were like checkerboards. How was the order? <laughs> it was restored. Were there any, uh, was there a man who was able to be hanged? I can't remember. What it is a little hazy for me. <laughs> what did he step up to and do? You're starting to lose me. He stepped up to the mic and said, <laughs> Oh, nice. Yeah, it was, it was, I was there. It was a pretty fabulous night. But I uh, can't, can't remember all the details when you're having a fabulous night in Toronto. Hold me closer, Tiny Dancer. Suck me harder, Tony Dancer. Suck me harder, Tony Dancer. <laughs> we probably didn't need all of that. And uh, thus we conclude our episode. Thank you, John. May you forever not have a job. <laughs> Thank you, Robin. <laughs> Stuck inside, getting rich, getting fat off the eye. Days are long I'll make them shorter by having a chat with John